Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi, you beautiful human being. How are you doing? Welcome back to the Yoga Girl podcast. I am so happy that you're here. I was thinking about that just today. How freaking grateful I am that you are listening to this show. And yes, I mean you. You, exactly you listening to this show right now. I am so grateful for that. The fact that I can sit here a million miles away from everything else and connect, it just, it fills my whole heart. I am kind of high energy right now, which is not normal for me when I sit down to record this pod. So let's take a moment right now just to ground into the body wherever you are. I know some people listen to this podcast out on a walk or out for a run or moving about your house. So if you have the opportunity right now to close your eyes and anchor into the body. And then just taking a moment to place your hands to your heart center, maybe a hand to the belly and a hand to the heart, if intuitively that feels good for you. Let's close the eyes and take a deep, deep, long breath in through the nose. Open the mouth and let it out. So start to bring a bit of awareness in toward the workings of the breath right now. You can begin by just noticing the way the breath flows in and out of your body. And it's a a beautiful thing just to, to sit with, to be present with, is that inhale and that exhale that unfolds within you all the time. Noticing this receiving of energy, your breath as your life force. And then in the exhale, how you're giving it all away. You know, it's this beautiful dance between holding on and letting go, between taking something in and then giving it away. So noticing right now if your breaths are equal or if they feel balanced. Is your inhale longer or deeper than the exhale or the other way around? And just notice that without judgment, without 
the idea in our minds that there is some kind of breath that we should be breathing right now. Just acknowledge the breath the way the breath is. And then as the breath starts to slow down, because that's the beauty of these present moment practices, is the moment we bring our awareness back home, everything settles for us. We get a little more space between the breaths. We get a little more space between our thoughts. So moving into that deep place within the body where you can just check in. How am I feeling right now? And let's give that a truthful answer. If you're alone right now and you can speak it out loud, you know, as if we're just here having a conversation, how are you doing right now? Speak that out loud. Sometimes just verbalizing how we're feeling actually makes it or gives it a bigger impact. It allows it to settle as, as truth within the body, especially if we've been resisting our emotions a little bit or a lot. So how are you doing? Just checking in with yourself. How am I feeling? What's moving through my body? What's moving across my heart? And as you feel for the answer to that question, as always, we're going to just practice letting that emotion be. And it's this life-changing practice. It's a transformational practice to stop trying to fix things all the time. You know, we try to constantly shift and change and fidget. And, you know, if I only get better at this, then I would be happy. Or if I only fix this, then everything would be okay. And, you know, just the way you are right now, if you didn't have to change this emotion, if you could really allow it, if you could really accept it, if you could look at it and invite it as if you chose it, you know, even if that emotion is really hard, if it's sadness or anger or frustration or anxiety or fear, something big here now moving through your heart space, can you invite it as if you chose it? So if that that feeling is, is doing something to you right now, right? That feeling is moving around inside of you right now. Where does it go? So with your eyes closed, if you start to move your hands a little bit, where can you sense this feeling in the body? You know, it doesn't have to be the heart or the belly. It could be somewhere absolutely different. And just notice that. Where is this feeling going? And what does this feeling actually feel like? You know, so if right now you're experiencing sadness, okay, well, where in the body is the sadness right now? And what does sadness feel like? Is it warm? Is it cold? Does it feel tense? Is there a contraction, a release? Is there an emptiness? What's there? What does it feel like? Just give yourself a, a few moments here to track this emotion, which is another way of just allowing it, just giving it some space so we don't have to resist how we are feeling right now, but you can just let it be. And then with that, continuing to bring more space around the breath, long inhales, long exhales. 
And then anchoring into this beautiful knowing that you are allowed to feel the way you feel. Make it your mantra, your intention, your affirmation. Really hold on to that idea because maybe it just feels like an idea somewhere far away. I am allowed to feel what I am feeling. If you're alone and you want to repeat something out loud, say it out loud a couple of times. I am allowed to feel what I am feeling. I am allowed to feel what I am feeling. So validating your own emotions, validating your own existence in this world the way you are right now. You are allowed to feel the way you're feeling and you're allowed to show up exactly the way you're showing up right now. There's nothing, nothing about how you're feeling in this moment that has to change. Nothing to fix, nothing to improve. But it's okay for you to be here the way you are right now. See what that feels like. Just take a deep breath into that place. Open the mouth and let it go. So you can stay with your eyes closed a little while longer if you like or blink your eyes open. Hmm. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for gifting me that moment of tuning into my own body and feeling my feelings a little bit. Isn't it wonderful how oftentimes if we we think that someone else needs something, you know, and actually we're the ones who need it. I feel like I do that all the time. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I'm faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Take two delayed-release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption, and you'll get nine key nutrients. Ritual's Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So speaking from the heart, how am I doing right now? In this exact moment, I'm just like I have my hands on my belly, on my thighs. I have this deep need to anchor, to just connect physically to my body. Um, and that's a way to do that in, 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 case, in case you need a little nudge. Whenever we start to feel like we're kind of floating off the earth a little bit or we get antsy or anxious, 
a great simple way to reconnect with your body is to touch it, right? And especially the feet and the legs is a really good, just giving yourself some self-massage or squeezing your own thighs or your belly or your arms, just reminding yourself of like, hey, I'm right here. And that's what I'm doing <laughs> right now as I'm talking to you. I'm sitting up in my little sanctuary, the top of our house, our little rooftop space. And I'm feeling pretty happy today. Isn't that something? <laughs> I'm feeling happy right now. I cannot remember the last time I recorded a podcast and felt genuinely happy it's been a long, it's been a long couple of months. Okay. It's been a long year. We all know that, but I'm going to share a little bit more about that because I had a lot of big, big realizations this past week, but this is literally the first week that I'm starting to feel a little bit more like myself that I'm starting to feel some lightness back in my being. I've really missed that. I really, really, really missed that. The feeling of just, yeah, I've, I've had this almost like a hard, wet, blanket covering my whole, my whole brain. I don't know if it's my brain or my heart or my whole being. So where I've woken up almost every day, I just felt this sense of heaviness. Like it's a little harder for me to move through my day than normal. It hasn't been debilitating depression or, you know, anything like that, but just this feeling of being totally down. And this week is the first week that I'm not experiencing that. And honestly, I think I think the reason that is, is because I've changed a few really specific things in my day-to-day -day life that I'm going to share because it actually has helped and it actually, actually does work. So, wow, the, where I'm sitting right now, this little sanctuary, sanctuary space, I had a friend visit from Sweden, Mikaela, who's like a really old friend of mine, is amazing, amazing goddess of a, of a human and it was one of those things where just I was feeling super, super low. And she was like, let's hang out. <laughs> and she came over. It was a journey to come over here. You know, I, I don't even know how many Corona tests she took along the way. And to get here now, you need all these special insurances. And then she quarantined in an Airbnb before she saw us. It was like this whole, this whole ordeal to just connect. But then actually finally, you know, having a really friendly face and someone to hug that isn't just, you know, Dennis and Leah Luna. It's been really wonderful. And we spent the past two weeks just not doing anything totally special other than spending a lot of time outside. And that's something that I definitely have not done enough this year. I have spent so much time in my house and I mean, maybe we have a garden and, and stuff. So, you know, I'm outside in that sense, but just venturing out from my little cocoon. And I think when, when, uh, when I got canceled, I, I can't get used to that freaking sentence. I need to, can someone come up with like a new term for me that I can say that doesn't make me cringe? <laughs> I don't know how else to describe this event that I sometimes have to talk about because it's impacted my life, right? So since I got canceled, if anyone has a better term for that bullshit, let me know, DM me or, or something on Instagram, let me know so I can figure it out. But since that happened, definitely, I, I just, I, I haven't left the house, you know, at all. And for so long, I was just totally terrified to even, you know, go to the grocery store or to go to a restaurant or, and it, it really brought out some really, yeah, difficult qualities inside of myself. And it made it really hard to navigate, to navigate pain because I stayed in this little cocoon, right? Where everything felt painful. 
And then now these past couple of weeks, just having been in the ocean every single day, been in the sun every day, been on the beach every day, all these things that I never do, even though I, I live on a Caribbean island, I don't go to the beach. You know, I think most people who live in a really sunny place, we try to stay out of the sun most of the time. And also we have a really comfortable thing going here at home. So I don't really have to leave the house for anything, especially since quarantine, literally our setup at home is like, we don't need to go anywhere for anything, <laughs> you know, like Dennis has a setup for his bike in his little gym slash man cave slash something, something where he can bike virtually with other people, you know, like we, we can do all our stuff at home. We don't have to go anywhere. We have a little pool, you know, all that stuff. So I'm really grateful just having been out and about and having some normalcy, I think has helped pull me out of, of this really negative spiral that I've been in where everything felt terrible. And that's the dangerous thing about ending up in a really shitty place is the shittier we feel, the more we think about how shitty we feel. And the more we think about how shitty we feel, the shittier we feel. It's like a very vicious cycle that's hard to get out of. And what I was doing for almost a, a month straight was pretty much lying on the couch, watching Netflix, watching Top Chef, eating baked goods <laughs> that I've been baking. Like that's that's been my life for like many, many weeks now. And no judgment. This is the best thing ever. I mean, it's it's like the most wonderful thing ever to bake something delicious and then sit on the couch and enjoy a show and eat that shit. Like that's the best. We all know that. But every single day and that happening from a place of, of like depression versus a place of, of happiness, you know, no, no, that's not good. No. And Top Chef didn't bring me any closer to, to enlightenment or, or peace or healing. I gotta say though, maybe you're like laughing right now. I Netflix just suggested to me, I love watching cooking shows. I love baking shows is like my thing. And even though I'm vegan, baking shows. It's like my go-to for all things. So give me any baking show and I, you know, it's the best. And then I ran out of baking shows because I watched them all. So I started watching some cooking shows and then all of a sudden I don't love cooking shows, especially shows that cook with meat. Like I have to look away as a vegan. I have a hard time with that. But, and suddenly Netflix was like, Hey, I think you would like this show. And I'm like, what's this? top chef like it looks like it's 20 years old oh it is 20 years old <laughs> it's literally like the oldest show ever if you've never seen it or if you saw it then back in like 2002 or something or whenever it was you have to rewatch it it's amazing it's like one of those really old school like first reality style shows but it's a competition and they cook and some of them are talented most of them are totally crazy it's so good okay it's really good I'm not even at all a little bit embarrassed that I like Top Chef this much but I went into this little Top Chef coma yeah <laughs> where just I, I I had a hard time getting off the couch and there's nothing you know no shame in that but what I, what I really, really, really realized, and I think because I haven't been in that space before where I literally felt like I can't get off the couch, like I'm not excited to do anything. I don't want to work. don't want to go outside. I don't want to, I didn't want to read. I didn't want to anything else. I just, I just want to lie here on the couch and eat something and watch something. I don't care what it is, is that it was a hundred percent a way of checking out, you know, and yes, I'm checking out with a home baked vegan organic goods and I'm on the couch with my kid and my husband my kid like Leia loves 
top chef. I don't know. We've like pavloved her into liking the shows that we like, which I don't know if it's good for her. The other day she was like, mama, is this Homeland? Are you watching Carrie? And I'm like, oh my God, this, she's three years old. She should not know who Carrie Matheson from Homeland is. Like that's, but that's, you know, quarantine life. That's like a hashtag. But we have pavloved her. You guys know the Pavlovian thing, right? Where you, Pavlov, come on, who, who, who rang a bell and then fed the dog. And then after a while realized that if he just rang the bell but didn't feed the dog, the dog would still salivate, right? It's that ex- expectation. Oh my God, I'm so, I'm so, so bad at, at, at describing this. But yeah, so now that we're like, I go up to the couch, Leia's like, are we watching Top Chef? And she's all into it and excited about it. So it's not like I'm alone and in a dark place, you know, but it's made it actually harder to get out of because I think if I was all alone in a tiny apartment with, a, you know, windows shut, watching Top Chef eating, I, I would like to imagine that at some point I would feel like, man, this is making me feel really bad. Now I didn't feel that way. I felt like, but we're like a family watching, you know, all these shows and sitting on the couch. But actually what I was doing is escaping the fact that I felt like shit, which is okay. We all escape in different ways. We all numb ourselves in different ways. Sometimes we feel feelings that are too big for us to manage. So we have to numb out a little bit to actually cope and actually manage and make sense of things. Sometimes I think numbing or escaping is a part of the healing process. You know, so maybe I can say that Tom Colicchio from Top Chef, he's he's part of my healing process now. Like I needed to have a month of just just being collapsed on that on that couch, I think. Because I got to a point, at least now, where I decided, okay, enough, enough of this. <laughs> it wasn't taking me anywhere good. Like enough of this, enough Top Chef, <laughs> enough baked goods, enough, like all of it, just enough. And I implemented some changes. Okay. First thing I decided to do immediately is I'm getting up at 5 a.m., which to someone who is a bit depressed or feeling low probably sounds like an impossible thing to do. But the, the cool thing about deciding and committing to getting up really, really early in the morning is that you actually want to go to bed really early. And for me, when I'm not healthy or not feeling well, the last hours of the day are my most wasteful hours of the day. That's when I end up tired, scrolling on my phone, doing something totally purposeless that doesn't sustain me in any way. So deciding to get up at 5 a.m. just to have, you know, that, that, that special magical moment that happens in the morning. And the cool thing about this, it happens everywhere, literally wherever you are in the world. You don't have to be on a Caribbean island somewhere or on the beach or anything like that. But the first hour of the day, like the, the time before and around sunrise is a magical time. I mean, it really, really, really is a truly, truly, truly magical time. There's something so special about watching the world come to life. You know, such few people actually experience that every day. And even if you live in a city, like waking up at that time, just the light in the morning, watching the light begin to filter through your window, you know, or taking a walk at that time or getting outside if you can at that time. It is so special. I mean, it is, that's the true magic hour. It's like the time from five to six. And here the sun rises pretty late now. Like it's, I should know this because I'm up at five, but I, I don't bring my phone. So I don't look at the time, but I think the sun rises at like 6.30 or something. So I have, or maybe six, six-ish, I think six o'clock probably. So I have a lot of time in the darkness in the morning. 
which is really cool. Really, really, really cool. Because most evenings, you know, I'm not, I don't spend a lot of time lying flat on my back looking at the stars anymore. Like race of hands, who, who did that, you know, this week? Not a lot of us, I think. And just those simple kind of childlike moments of, hey, there's a whole universe out there. I've seen two shooting stars. Like, is that crazy or what? <laughs> just, just this week. There's something really special about it. And the reason I decided to do it is, well, I know that there is a moment in the morning, like that special, special hour where I feel more at peace with myself than I do all throughout the rest of the day. I know that. And that silence that exists in the hours when no one else is awake, there is something so, so, so special about that silence. It's easier for me to anchor into a place of deep meditation at that hour than it is at any other time of the day. And I want to feel in tune with nature again. I want to feel in tune with my body again. I want to feel, I want to be free of distractions again, you know. So I started this as a little ritual. I just decided I'm going to do it. Libra season has started. I'm a Libra sun. So this is like my time, you know, if I want to make any changes in my life, this is it. And not thinking that if I make a change that all of my life stuff is going to figure out, but I, I just decided that making some constructive shifts in my life in terms of how I move through my day when I feel this low probably isn't going to hurt me. <laughs> right? So I started doing that. I get up at five. I move like a ninja through the house to not wake any anybody up. We have five dogs at the house. We have two foster dogs that are insane. They bark all the time. It's, our, our house is like chaos right now. And Leia, who wakes up, like drop a pin and she wakes up. So I move like a ninja through the house and I go upstairs. I go up to the rooftop with, with a cup of tea, with my mat, with my journal. And I can't even journal in the earliest hour because it's too dark outside. So literally I either sit and I sit in silence and I meditate and I breathe and I sit, I just sit or I practice one of the two. And the cool thing about it is because I do that at some point every day anyway, not so much the last month, obviously, but I have at some point every single day, you know, if it's 10 minutes sitting on the couch outside or, you know, I'm always on some sort of couch as you guys can, as you guys can tell, but at some point every day, but it's totally different to do that when there's people around, totally different to do that when you just spend half an hour on your phone, super different to do that if you just came out of a meeting or some, some sort of doing right. Or to go from Tom Colicchio on top chef and like, Hey, I'm going to go meditate. That's a hard vibration to shift. You know, no offense, Tom, if you're listening, you're, you're awesome. I, I love you. Um, but that moment in the morning is that undisturbed moment. And it's something Jay Shetty told me on, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago is, you know, begin your day inside out instead of outside in. And it really resonated with me. You know, I, I used to have a lot of, we had, I think we had at least a year where we had a super solid rule in the house. And it was a rule, personal rule for myself, no social media or phone before 9am in the morning and after 9pm in the evening. Like how, how much sense does that make? That's, it's kind of insane how majority of us wake up in the morning, reach for our phone. And that's the first thing we see. And I find that even if my alarm clock is on my phone and I have to reach my phone to turn it off, then suddenly I'm on the phone, right? So I have to turn the alarm off and then I realize, oh, wait, did that important email that I was waiting for this answer via email. Did they answer me? I'm like, mm, maybe I'll just check it real quick before I go make breakfast for Leia or whatever. And then suddenly I'm there. Suddenly I'm on Instagram. Suddenly I'm watching a TikTok on Instagram because that's the thing now. <laughs> 
where people are taking TikToks, putting them on Instagram. And it's like a girl doing some dance that I, and, and you know, and then suddenly like 45 minutes have passed and I'm like, whoa, I just spent 45 minutes on my phone in the morning completely for no reason, right? Doing nothing purposeful. So getting a proper alarm clock, like one of those old school ones with a battery, I have one of those. It's the best, just so your phone can be somewhere else. Your phone shouldn't go in the bedroom at all. It can be somewhere elsewhere. And then when you've done your practice for the morning, then have that decided moment where, okay, I'm picking up my phone. My phone day, my phone involved day begins now. Now I'm going to check my emails. Now, if I'm going to scroll through something or engage with people or ingest information, I'm going to do it now, but I've decided that now. And I really wanted to make that distinction again, because I totally lost that, especially this year when the only way we are connecting to anybody is online. It's like we have... I've had for sure this year days where I've had like eight plus hours use of phone time every single day. And what I want it to be is like one max, you know, the idea of spending more than one hour on my phone. No. And I want to get back to that like sensible use of, of just screen time because it doesn't make me feel good. And there are certain moments and things that happen online that are really inspirational and inspiring and uplifting. And that's wonderful. And I want to use my phone for that, right? Or for writing my loved ones or calling people or, you know, doing work if it's purposeful work, which most of it I can do on my computer and I don't hang around in front of my computer the way I hang around with my phone. So that was one of the things I decided just, okay, more discipline around the use of phone and screens in the morning. It doesn't make any sense. Start your day inside out instead of outside in, meaning if you wake up and you immediately have to digest information from the outside world, even if it's positive, even if it's someone saying, hey, you look great in this photo you just posted, or if it's a friend or someone saying, hey, here's what's happening in my life. Oftentimes it's negative, right? Maybe a negative comment from someone or the news, which are always negative. It's always negative every day. Then you're starting your day from the outside in. So you begin with having to react and respond to all of this stuff that's coming your way. And starting your day inside out literally is waking up in the morning before anything has come your way, before anyone is telling you a bunch of stuff, before the world comes at you through your phone. You go, huh, how am I feeling right now? How am I in this moment, you know? Today's a different day. We're going to wake up feeling different today than we did yesterday. So how am I today? What, what does this feel like, this experience of waking up in my body, in my heart, in my mind? You know, how am I doing right now? And then getting to answer that for yourself instead of having all of these outside factors impact how you feel right away. It's a game changer, you know, and it doesn't sound complicated and it doesn't sound like rocket science, but we live in a society now where this is really hard. It's a really hard thing to do, to put our phone down and to begin our day inside out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I do that. I wake up in the morning. I brew my cup of tea. I, I go outside. I roll out my mat. And I just sit down, right? And I've noticed that the first hour of the day when it's just me, and I, I used to do this, 
you guys. I don't know if I can't even pinpoint when I lost this as like a regular day-to-day practice, but I would wake up. So when I lived in Costa Rica, I was 18, 19 when I moved. I woke up every single morning, not even at the crack of dawn. I would wake up like at four, you know, and have a lot of time in the morning before the sun even rose because where I lived in Costa Rica at sunrise, all the surfers are already out. It's already busy on the beach. I was up at four every morning, took my little puppy, walked down the beach, found a lifeguard tower, like an old one, and climbed up there and sat in meditation, sat in silence for a long time. Like that's what I did every single day. And I, I can't pinpoint when I stopped, you know, like my first years in Aruba, yes. And then I've gone through cycles of having that as a practice. And then at some point along the way, I just totally lost it. And I can't even blame motherhood. <laughs> you know, if you have a newborn baby, that's, that's a hard thing to do to even get five minutes of that to yourself in the day. But long before that, you know, there was that moment where I got really busy and my phone became really important and my practice shifted and I would wake up and you know, maybe have breakfast with Dennis and do something different and then roll out my mat for my asana practice later in the day or, or in the morning or whatever. But getting up before sunrise to sit in silence, no, I haven't had that as a steady practice in a long time. And it is nourishing my soul, you guys. It is, it is, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. It's no matter what the rest of the day has in store for me, I got that. And it's not even an hour. Like I get almost two solid hours in the morning when no one else is awake, when everything is quiet and it's time just for me. So if I just sit there and sip my tea and watch the sun come up and listen to the birds and you know, that's beautiful. And if I practice and sweat, that's beautiful. And if I just stretch a little bit, that's beautiful. If I read a book or journal, like whatever, that's it. That's really, really, really it. And the, the cool addition to this is, you know, I really cherish my mornings. So, okay, so I've been doing this for like a week, you know, straight. So it's not like I am, I am the new guru of all things getting up at five o'clock. No, who knows where I'll be in a week from now. But the cool thing about it is I really crave it. So at night, when normally we would put on a movie or we would do something, you know, different that kind of stretches into the night, I just go to bed. I'm like, you know what, like I'm going to get the hours of sleep that I need so I can wake up at five and feel good doing that, right? So that little habit change, the reason I'm sharing this now is because small habit changes lead to ginormous results. And it's really important that we don't underestimate the impact these small choices that we make throughout the day actually has on our entire well-being. So just a thing like getting up a little bit earlier in the morning, Maybe five o'clock is a stretch for you, but could you get up 30 minutes earlier so you have 30 minutes to yourself before your kids wake up or before you have to, you know, rush to work or whatever it is that you're doing in the morning just to have some quiet time for yourself and then leave your phone behind. I think this, and this is not a complicated practice, this is maybe something that a bunch of you guys are doing already. If that's the case, kudos. But I really think that practice is, is simple and profound enough that it can really change how we feel. I really, really do. So that's one big change that I, that I've made that I'm really sure is, is contributing to my feeling of, of, of happiness today. <laughs> you know, I didn't. So what happens is Leia wakes up like 6.30 or 7 normally, 
and and the, and then she'll roll out of bed and come into bed with us and then we cuddle for a while and then we go make breakfast and then stuff happens and then you know if if I can linger in bed till eight if Dennis like takes the first hour with Leia then I'll do that for sure and then by the time I'm up it's like daytime the sun is you know the day is bright it's like you've lost that feeling of morning even so it actually makes a difference just if, if it doesn't have to be huge right it can be it can be small as well as long as it's for you right and to have that intention of I'm, I'm doing this because it's a sacred space I'm creating for myself and it's worth it so I super mega recommend that another little change that I really think has 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 helped with my well-being lately is I'm 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 choosing or I'm incorporating like as a disciplined thing all of this requires discipline by the way which sucks we all know being disciplined around stuff is the worst and the best (laughs) but disciplined practice around being in nature which I normally don't do I normally take all things nature for granted I spend time outside around our house I'm in our garden a lot I'm by the pool a lot but in nature in terms of like the wild side of this island I've actually alone on my own not to like entertain a toddler with with you know like toys and stuff right but on my own alone time spent sitting on a cliff by the sea because I have the sea right here if I was in Sweden I would be in the forest like in the forest every single day uh, or by a lake or whatever is around right so dedicated actually disciplined time in solitude in silence in nature at some point every day and what I did, this is like the simplest thing ever. Leia has a new school. It's on the other side of the island, which we thought was like a huge struggle in the beginning. The other side of the island means it's an 18-minute drive. <laughs> this 18-minute drive was long enough that Dennis was against her starting the school, which is the best school on the island. It's Montessori. It's amazing. He was like, no, she should go to a shittier school so that we don't have to drive the 18 minutes because living on a tiny island, an 18-minute drive it's like a three-hour drive if you live in the city or something. But so we, we, we chose that school. Of course, it's the best. But then so we drive every morning and then normally we drive together and then we drive back home and then that's it. What I started doing now is I drive her alone in the morning and I bring my stuff. Like I bring a little like thermos, thermos, thermos. How am I, how do I, in Swedish we say thermos. Like how the hell do you bring? pronounce that in English oh my god I'm blanking it's a container that holds that keeps hot liquid hot a thermos yeah I feel like that's a word oh my god okay remember I'm not stupid I'm just Swedish and and a little all all over the place yeah so I bring that I bring a big thing of water I bring my fins and my mask and I drop her off there's a really beautiful beach like right next to her school or like a little cliffy area with a beach I don't go to the beach I go to the cliffy area And I sit there and I breathe and I journal and sometimes I swim and sometimes I snorkel or I do something and it doesn't take a long time. And this is something that, you know, most people think if you're living in the, on an island somewhere, you do this all the time. No, I don't. I've completely stopped taking advantage of the special parts of living on on an island. We have been in this total rut where we like, don't go to the beach. We don't go outside. I'm just in my house, right? And we all have these opportunities in our own areas, like a hundred percent. There is some source of beauty in terms of nature in your home, right? And I know for a lot of people, the idea of like a beach is like the dream. And if we, if everyone lived over there, I would be so happy. And no, you know, there's something so special about seasons 
about the weather shifting, you know, about forests, about diversity in terms of nature. Here, it's the same thing all year round. I'm not complaining. It's just, it is the same thing all year round. It's 100 degrees, super hot, super sunny, and super windy all year, and it's always the same. So just taking advantage of whatever is special about nature where you live. And maybe that's a little nook, you know, like a special tree in a park, like one special tree that you really relate with. Maybe you have one of those like little community plots, like a little garden, or you can find your way to a body of water somehow, like getting that into your day in a disciplined sense, just the same way as, hey, I need to do yoga every day to feel good. Hey, I need to commune with nature, right? I need to be present with mother earth at some point every day. And it's different. It is different. You know, I go to the beach with Leia and we have a blast and she loves the ocean and it's so, so special, of course, but there's something different when it's just, when it's, when it's as a sacred practice versus just, you know, going there to hang out. And it's, it's made a difference in how I feel. You know, I, I come back home from dropping Leia off at school and I feel like invigorated, you know, and yeah, maybe we don't have time to do all this stuff all the time, but inviting this into our day right now, the way my life is structured, I have time to do that. Yesterday, I, I went to the, I went to my little cliff with my coffee. And then after my swim, I took my meeting there. Like I had a, I had a 10 o'clock or a nine o'clock. I can't remember meeting. And I was like, I have to rush home. So I get back to my meeting. And then I was like, why am I rushing home? So to go sit inside in front of my computer for this meeting when I can just sit right here. Like I have my phone. Why, why am I not taking all of my meetings outside? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, we get into this routine of here's the, what, here's what things are. And we just keep that going. Right. And I'm just committed right now to changing some of those things up, or at least exploring them a little bit more. Like, does this make me feel good? Is there a way I can continue this that would make me feel better? Like, can I change a little something around this? that, that would improve how I feel. Like, can I take most of my meetings outside this week? Can I go to sit in the sun on my lunch break? You know, can I go find that tree that's special to me and just sit there for a moment? Like, can I make those changes that actually make me feel better and then implement them? It's a, it's a, it sounds really simple. I don't know. For, I'm talking about this like right now. Like I had a big epiphany. This was a big epiphany for me. I felt really out of control. I felt like I'm waiting for life to turn around and make me feel better. And it's not, it wasn't happening, right? So all of a sudden I'm getting up, you know, in pitch darkness at five o'clock, like, okay, and it's helping, right? So sometimes kind of putting ourselves in the way of feeling better, even though it's hard, you know, it, it, all it takes is that tiny little change, like a little tweak, right? And then the other thing that I have done, and this is two things wrapped up into one, is this like, it pains me to say, but not really, not really. I have completely cut alcohol and sugar out of my life temporarily. Okay. It's not, this will never in a million years ever become a, a podcast that talks about dieting or some bullshit. You guys know me. I am like the queen of baking. I bake every day. I bake with Leia. Literally, we bake every day. And it's not like we're baking like raw granola cheesecakes. Like, no, we're making like big lemon meringue cakes and we're making chocolate ganache, you know, like four layer cakes. Like we're making extravagant stuff with a lot of sugar. It's vegan. I use good ingredients, but it's still sugar. 
And I just got to this place where how how would I feel if I really cut this completely out of my life, which I never normally do. I did last year when I was really sick. I had, I had, uh, I, I don't even know. I had what, six months without it or three months without it completely. And I felt awful all the way through because I was really sick. So I didn't really get to experience, you know, what is it like to just be cleaner? And I don't like that word because it implies that we're not clean if we're not eating in a specific way. I guess the word I'm looking for is clearer, keeping my inner space more clear. Will that help me align a little bit more with this direction that I'm looking for right now or make me feel lighter as a whole? You know, if I didn't have that moment of sugar every day, I don't know. I honestly don't know, but it got to this place where I felt like, okay, this has now become something where I feel like I need sugar every day. Not just like I'm, I made a beautiful dessert and we're having it after dinner as a family, but like at the end of the day, I had this, this massive craving, like bring on the sugar. And I felt like it was a part of, of really trying to move through these, these heavy emotions is I felt better if I ate something sweet. And that's, I don't know if it's new to me. I think it's new to me to do in this kind of excess that I have in the past month, where it's literally felt like something that just isn't good for me, but it's been hard for me to, to stop. And as I speak now, I can sense like there's some shame inside of me around that. Like it's hard for me to share really openly. Like there's some like there's something shameful about, about that, about, about having a hard time quitting sugar or eating too much sugar, or it's probably something conditioned or programmed into me by all of society. Like, you know, supposed to be super healthy and live on green juice and be yoga girl. And, you know, and, and, and these past months, like I'm absolutely not, this year has not been the year of green juice for me. This year has been the year of old fashions for me. And Dennis and I have had a wonderful time. Like we've had such a good time during quarantine playing mixologists and like getting serious with like the kind of wine we want to drink. And like we've had really fun with it. And it's not like I'm, I'm drinking until I'm drunk, but like two glasses of wine at the end of the day has become like a normal thing. And it didn't used to be that way for me. So I decided just to call it quits, you know. And then I thought, well, what if it's going to be hard to make this change? Like, whoa, what if I'll struggle? What if it's like, you know, I realize I have a problem or something. And then just the fact that that voice came up, I was like, whoa, okay, okay. This is something that I need. So, so that's where I am now. I mean, it's been this week. I don't feel, I don't feel drastically different in terms of, in terms of like body and health and stuff like that. More than the fact that I wake up every morning feeling a little bit lighter and I think for a while I've been so leaning toward the, the side of things where, hey, we should all eat whatever we want, whenever we want. You know, like I'm so anti anything diet, anything weight obsessed, anything, you know, be, look a certain way. Like I really, really, really despise all of that. And diet culture is the worst thing ever. And I think I kind of leaned really far over to the other end where it became almost like, but you should eat dessert all the time and you should drink that wine and you should like you do you be, you know, but there's also a huge component of it for me, which is health. <laughs> you know, how do I feel drinking that glass of wine every single night? If I do that, you know, like, how does it feel to like eat cake all the time? How do I feel in my body after that? And the honest answer to that is not great you know, and it's not going to make or break me. 
Um, and it's not about weight or, or putting on a few pounds or, you know, the idea of like looking a certain way, just that feeling, you know, and if I'm in a space right now where I have a really hard time, look, where I'm looking for that lightness, right, where I'm just feeling heavy emotionally, then, you know, what am I doing to, to, to make myself feel lighter beginning in that physical place, like really cherishing this vessel? And I think a lot of the, the ways that I lived in this past month has made everything worse. You know, it's like I felt like I need to eat some sugar because I'm feeling like shit and then I eat sugar and then I feel worse and then I go down that cycle again, right? So I'm looking at this just as a little bit of a reset. I don't know. Just like I, I don't want to spend another week feeling depressed. I don't want to spend another week beating myself up about stuff or judging myself or, you know, all this, these, these really tricky places I've I've had a hard time getting out of. So I feel like these things aren't super drastic. Getting up at five, no sugar, no alcohol. And uh, nature, like, come on. Like early rising, nature, you know, taking good care of my body. Like that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's kind of a no-brainer. But the thing is, it's not a no-brainer. It isn't, especially in the wellness world where we are told all the time that this is how we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to eat, all the things that constitute living well, right? And then when we fall outside the box of that, we start to feel like we don't fit in or we start to feel bad about ourselves and and all of that. It's just adding on to the weight that is living in this world right now, being a human being in 2020, what we don't need is more guilt over what we're eating or how we're living, you know. What we want to find is that inner voice telling us what we actually need and the ability to listen to that. And I think it's in my, my really early hours of sitting in silence outside under the stars, that's when I can hear that voice the clearest, right? That's when I can actually put all the other noise aside and hear the truth that's already inside of me that's hard to find all throughout the day, especially when I'm distracted by my phone and by Tom Colicchio on Top Chef. You know, that's <laughs> it's hard to, to really harness that inner voice. So time spent with ourselves, you know, I think is something that should go high at the top of the list of things that we do to take care of ourselves. It's time spent in silence, time spent alone. And what better time to do that than in the morning when everything is just so magical, so special. So what I would love to kind of nudge you toward right now, this week, is to make a change for yourself. And the change that you're going to settle on is going to be totally unique to you, right? But just give yourself a moment right at the end of this podcast or at some point today where you really have the time to just be and do that alone to meditate on and contemplate what makes me feel good and what makes me feel bad. And there's a difference between that fleeting sense of good that we feel, <laughs> that we feel eating a bunch of sugar in front of Netflix, right? Versus the feeling of good that's deep inside of our souls, that feeling of good. The feeling of good that I feel at 5 a.m. watching the stars is a different kind of good than I feel watching Top Chef. You guys get it, right? So what we're looking for is that deep-rooted sense of actual goodness. What makes me feel good? What makes me feel bad? And you can even like bullet list this, you know, just take a moment to write about it and then see which of these columns are you spending more time in. 
if you know that there is something that really doesn't make you feel good, but you do it all the time, okay, well, that's your change this week, right? If it's sleeping in or snoozing, or maybe you're online shopping, spending a bunch of money on things you don't need, or maybe you're gossiping or talking bad about other people, or maybe eating things that don't make you feel good or drinking things that don't make you feel good or not moving your body or something, you know, what is it that makes you feel bad? And can you start to spend more time in the column of things that make you feel actually genuinely good and then implement one of those changes right now? you know, and if you feel intrigued by the idea of getting up at five, you know, start tomorrow. Why not start tomorrow? Start right now. Don't wait for some better time or for Monday is a new week or for New Year's Eve or something like that. Just start now, like give it a try. And I think there's a part of us that kind of holds back a little bit when it comes to making constructive changes in our daily habits, because we are so comfortable in our day-to-day routine, you know, like it's really hard to get off the couch, especially now when everything is hard and everything is horrible and the world is falling apart. Like the couch is a comfortable place to be. We are in that comfort zone. And we've kind of told ourselves that, Hey, this is our safe space. I feel safe in this space. And I also feel familiar with this level of suffering, right? Especially if you're using those things as a way to escape feeling your feelings or to numb yourself. We get really familiar and comfortable with doing that. And the idea of facing things head on, you know, if it's quitting that habit that you know isn't good for you or sitting in silence with yourself, which can be really confronting if we do it for long periods of time, like it's scary because we know we might be faced with some sort of big shift and change is hard. You know, change is really hard. And I also think if you're listening to this now and you're nodding along or you feel like, yeah, yeah, I need, I'm resonating, I need some of that, then yeah, trusting in that voice. And then maybe give that voice a helping hand by actually choosing to commit to something right now. Because at the end of the day, fuck man, we get one life, we literally get one life. The thought of at the end of my life, looking back and realizing that I watched more episodes of Top Chef than I did the sunrise, that would be game over. That would be a genuinely bad thing, right? We want more mornings watching the sunrise, more evenings watching the night sky than time spent on the couch in front of Netflix. Do you agree? I really, really feel it. So I, I hope you feel empowered in your ability to make a change. If there is a change that you feel would make you feel good. It can be something small. Start with that tiny little thing, you know, like small habits lead to big changes. And I think that's where we should focus our energy right now. You know, we're trying to change the world and we got to start with ourselves and feeling good in our bodies, in our lives, most importantly, in our hearts. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I hope you have a really great week. I love you so much. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.